0: Welcome to another in our series of Kehillat Israel podcasts. This is a recording of Rabbi Amy Bernstein's weekly Friday morning Torah study.
1: We're in the third year of the triennial reading, which means this morning we're going to be studying the text uh, related to the story of the Migdal Bavel. The first two years of the triennial division, we are studying, of course, the different understandings of the flood narrative. And if you are in ancient Mesopotamia, there are some fixed features of the cultures of the ancient Near East, and one of them is the story about the Great Flood. So possibly based in some historical calamity some historical catastrophe that had to do with flooding we don't know what we know is every culture in ancient mesopotamia has a flood narrative there's some of the, some of the oldest stories actually that we have and we're able to compare our narrative to many of those to understand how do they understand the point of the great flood like what what was the what was the lesson we take from that event <clears throat> so we're not doing that this year Um, We're going to look at what happens immediately following the flood. Because the other story that um, we have is another fixture of ancient Mesopotamia, which is this migdal, this tower. And when we talk about a tower, what we're talking about is a ziggurat. In ancient Mesopotamia, it is the man-made mountain. Why would you need a mountain? Why would you need to make a mountain?
2: To see who's coming. <laughs> if
1: that if it were for defense, you'd be a hundred percent right. Get closer to, God. to get closer to God. To be higher up. To be up. higher flood. up <laughs> if there's another flood. Okay, not a bad point. Actually some of our commentators go to that point. We've learned something. <laughs> right? Some of our commentators go exactly there, so we'll talk about that. So, so this idea that the higher one gets to heaven, we'll just use that word, um, the closer one is presumably to the realm of the gods, plural, right? So, if you're going to receive from the gods, you need to go up to where they hang out. Right? You, you need to get as close to them as possible. So, in the ancient world, one of the You know, one of the points of a temple was for you to be able to ascend and be closer to the gods. It is also, of course, a demonstration of human ingenuity, human ability to do massive building projects. Uh, And if we should doubt this, all we have to do is look at Egypt and look at the pyramids, right? If you want to leave a great big old testament to how much you can control human labor and resources, the pyramids are to this day a stunning stunning example of that. So we are not dealing with a ooh unique set of circumstances here in Micdophavel in the Tower of Babel story, rather as always we're looking for what is the Israelite reconstruction of that idea. Unlike the flood narrative that has lots of partner stories in the ancient um, neighboring cultures of Israel, there is not one about a tower like this in any other culture of ancient Mesopotamia. Any ideas why? Maybe you'll have one by the time we're done. All right. Let's look at the actual text and then I'm going to show you some images uh, of. Ziggurats, and um, so we can start to have in our mind a picture of what of what that is. So you can Google Tower of Babel, hit images, and you'll get exactly the page that I'm going to show you. For those listening at home, all right, let's look at chapter 11, verse one. Would someone like to read?
2: All the earth had the same language and the same words. As they wandered from the east, they came upon a valley in the land of Shinar and settled there. Then people said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and fire them hard. So they had bricks to build with, and tar served them as mortar. Then they said, Come, let us build a city with a tower that reaches the sky, so that we can make a name for ourselves and not be scattered over all the earth.
3: Then Adonai came down to
2: look at the city and tower the people had built. And Adonai said, look, these are all one people in one language, and this is just the beginning of their doings. Now no scheme of theirs will be beyond their reach. Let us go down there and confuse their speech so that no one understands what the other is saying. So it came about that Adonai scattered them all over the earth and they stopped building the city. That is why it was called Babel, because there Adonai confused the speech of all the earth and from there on, and I scattered them over the face of the earth. This is the line of Shem.
1: All right, so we're, we're going to stop there. We're going to stop at Eleven
2: nine.
1: All right. Why are we stopping right before the genealogy?
2: No, so why did God do this? Aha,
1: good. I was like, wait, what do you mean, why are we stopping? Did, did you read on? <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so we are coming uh, to the. Descendants of Noah, right? We get the descendants of Shem and the descendants, um, and we get groupings and we're told that they are, um, it's an extended, right? From Mesha as far as Sephar, the hill country to the east, and the groupings of Noah's descendants according to their origins by their nations, and from these the nations branched out over the earth after the flood. So we get this sense of, 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 moving out right from the central place of where you get out of the ark you know there's this sense of movement and moving out which is exactly what is supposed to happen right tell me the commandment that god gives to adam and chava in the garden what is it and ha, pru or vu be fruitful and multiply and what richard and fill the earth. What does that suggest, fill the earth? Go forth. Go forth. What doesn't it suggest? That we, that we all stay in one place and build condos just higher and higher and higher to accommodate the growing population. It seems pretty clear that you are to spread out and fill the earth. This is a divine imperative. We have to remember that when we look at the story.
2: But why, why couldn't people do that and still want to speak the same language? They still all understand each other?
1: Uh, Polyfern, you are a a dreamer. B. <laughs> it's a good question that we'll that we're gonna we're gonna look at that. All right. So what we're told after this kind of sp- spreading out after the flood, the next big event, the next thing we're going to get is this reflection on the reality. We don't know how long after what we just read at the end of chapter 10, but let's let's see what it says, Literally, because we're going to stay very close to the language here. We're going to stay very close to the Hebrew, because there have been many, 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 Interpretations of this story. I want us to stay as close to the Hebrew as possible so that we can know at least what Torah is telling us. Not that commentary isn't delicious and we're going to go there, but let's be clear what's, what's folks trying to understand what's here and what's here. All right. And all of the earth, Safa Achat. What does that tell? Don't, don't necessarily use your translation. Tell me what it means. What's the reality? What's happening? It is all safa achat. What does that mean? Unity. Uh, what unity? What's safa? Language. language. So there's a language of, Pam is suggesting a translation that says unity. What's another translation we might, S- Single, one. one, meaning, essentially, same, right? Common, Common. same. Both All right. So <laughs> we're going. To, we're going to stay with the text, okay. <laughs> right? We're staying close to the Hebrew text. Okay. We don't know what it is. We know it's safa achat. It is now. Go pick which one of these you want that to mean. Unity, single, one, same, okay. What's divarim? Ha <laughs> ha 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 ha. Look what just happened. <laughs> oh, Rita says, right? Already we're trying to just translate divarim. And we can't even do that. Because it can mean thing or the word for the thing. In Hebrew, there's no distinction between the word for the thing and thing. Only in English. In Hebrew, it's the same. Daval, does it mean the thing that points to the thing? Or is it the thing itself? So they have either words or things. What is Achadim. Okay, so, so, from Echad again, so the plural of this. So words or things that are same, one. Okay, that's what we know so far. And as they migrated from the east, they came upon a valley in the land of Shinar. Vayeshvusham. And they settled sham. There. Pay attention to some word plays we're going to get. Sham is one of them. All right. Vayomru ish el re'ehu. And one person said to his neighbor, Hava, yo. It's my translation. I stick with it. Hava, yo. Nilbna. Right? What does that mean, Nilbana? Yeah, really cool. Let us build. Nilbana levanim. Do you hear the word play? Mm-hmm. Nilb'na levanim. <coughs> Let us build. Really here, it's construct. Do you see why I'm going to say construct? Because what's the next word? What's levanim?
2: Bricks.
1: Bricks. So you don't really build bricks. You build with bricks. But you construct bricks. This is the introduction of the technology of making bricks. How did they build in the ancient Near East? With what did they build? You have a plane. What is your... Very little natural stone. What do you build with? Clay, mud. What happens... To mud when it rains. rains. Thank you, Ruben. What happens to it? It
2: closes the freeway.
1: (laughs) It closes the freeway. Yes, it does. Because it disintegrates. It melts. So how do you prevent mud brick from closing the freeway? You bake it and you bake it hard. You've learned how to make a fire hot enough to bake and use some other ingredients in the clay that are going to really like make it hefty and you're going to bake it so hot that it becomes super, super hard and the rain and time and sandstorms and wind are not going to tear it down so easily. This is a huge innovation in human technology. One of the biggest innovations in human technology is the ability to build shelter, to build buildings and complexes of buildings that can withstand the heat, the wind, the rain, all of it. Okay? This is huge. So this is pointing to a moment like us getting fire. It's like that. It's that big. So when it says kind of, you know, skipping along in your translation, let us make bricks, right? Stop. (laughs) <laughs> right? Huge moment of human evolution right here. The dawn of building technology. This is huge. Because now you can live on the plane. Because what do you live in if you're on the plane? Or I mean but, but what would you dwell in? Tents. How well do you think those sometimes do against right? Some they're certainly not permanent solutions. Right? They're, they're certainly not as secure in times of war or times of other things. And, right? This is a much, much more stable, long-term, think the development of agriculture, much more long-term beginning of the city. Right? That's exactly right, Ruben. That's exactly right. The tent is made for semi-nomadic pastoralists who are traveling with their flocks. So you pitch your tent and it has to be portable and it can't be heavy. But if you're going to be a settled agricultural community, tents are not ideal. But this is... You can't get a on tent. <laughs> right, no mortgage on a tent. Exactly right. All right. So, Nil let us make a dawn of technology. Let us... Create a new technology, refa, right? We're, and we're going to burn these bricks and burn them hard. The doubling of the word Srefa. Hot, 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 hot. Vatihilahem, These new glasses are just not cutting the middle distance here, my friends. They promised me they're progressive. It's like so often I doubt what people mean when they say progressive. <laughs> Alright, Vatihilaem Halvana La Evan. So it and it was for them that the brick became like what? La Evan. Like stone. It, the brick became as hard as rock. And rock is your ideal building material. Right? If you can keep it from falling over. It's an ideal building material. So they have now mimicked. Nature's most effective shelter, nature's most effective building resource, human beings have now made that. They have invented plastic <laughs> or like, like, well, what is it, what is a modern parallel to something that's in nature that we've made fake that's? Concrete. Okay, a good example is concrete. Right? That it's, it's even more indestructible, but more pliable, right? And now you can do what you want with it that you can't do with stone so easily. Same idea here. That you're taking something that now is the, the equivalent of stone, but stone's a lot harder to work with in some ways, because you can make these what? You can make them uniform. If you make them all from the same mold, that sure makes them Stackable in a different way. This is a huge innovation. And that's what this story is partly about, isn't it? All right. V'achomer hayad lahem l'achomer, right? And so the, and they had chemar, um, uh, bitumen, serves for them as the um, mortar, right, that, that puts them together, right? It's like tar, So it not only seals the bricks together, but it makes them um, impermeable. impermeable, Thank you to water. Right, this is what Moshe's basket was was um, And and the ark were both lined with bitumen, so that it made it impermeable to water. So very clever. And a very successful technology. A hugely successful technology. Vayomru. And they said, Hava, yo, let's go, Nivne Lanuir. Let's make us a city. Cities are new. City is a new idea. City comes with agriculture. That is not necessarily how people live, right? The the birth of the city-state is a huge change in human, not only technology, but in politics, right? In how we are as a social group. It changes everything when you start talking about city-states and the life within them. So let's build us a city, umigdal, and a tower. Well, of course... You have to have a megdal. If you're going to do a whole big old city and building project, right? One, many of our commentators say, if you're focused on this technology and this new ability to build, what does it eventually lead us to as human beings? Needing to build us a tower, (laughs) Trump. And if you doubt it, look at the skylines of every major city in the world. Once we have that technology, everybody's racing to build the tallest tallest tower. Now, this one's the biggest one. (laughs) Yours used to be biggest, but mine's biggest now. It's hugely, right?
0: Um,
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Right? So it's, this is, it's every culture. Right, every culture that has big cities now. Come on. I mean that's the big thing. Okay. Well, I mean, there is a practical aspect of putting more stuff in one place. So
3: it's a, it's a smart use of a small
1: amount of ground. Sure.
3: Because you're multiplying the amount of ground by the number four of horses.
1: Sure. And were one using it as such, then I would say, wow, that is very smart and very efficient. The Ziggurat, who got to go there? The priests this is not apartment complexes right so um and to your point sure so those hugely big office towers yes absolutely it gets more offices in one place the aspect of we have the biggest now isn't about look how efficient we have been we have created a space in which now 10,000 people right it's about we have the biggest one it's it's an Oedipus. I mean, it's, it's saying we're powerful. We are dominant. We are the best at doing this business, right? I mean, it's a, it's definitely connected as early as this to this idea of our own importance and our arrogance and our, and some of us not bad. Like if we can do it, let's, you know, but when you get too carried away with that, that's a whole nother conversation that we can have if we want. All right. After we're done figuring out what's going on here. <clears throat> and they said, come build us a city and a tower. So now we've got a migdal. Urosho and its head, where? Bashamayim, in the sky. V'na'ase lanu shem. Remember we had sham, now we have shem. So, and we're going to make for ourselves, what? A name. All right. So we have language that's all the same. The words are all the same. Then we're going to get bricks. And from that, we're going to build a city with a tower. And the tower has its rosh, I'm going to say its top, in the sky, right? And that's all we know about that. And what is the other business is going on here? V'na'asem shame, and let us make that or some people want to translate it, that we will make for ourselves. I'm not so sure. I've read some commentaries that have convinced me maybe we should be saying, and, like a whole nother thing, and let us make for ourselves a name. All right, that's what we have going on. That's all we know. From the text. Anyway, oh wait, no, sorry. There's one more. Let's go on a little bit more. Um <laughs> We're just going what we have, and we're gonna go there. So not say shame pen. What does pen always mean in Hebrew? Pen means lest. It's hard to translate past that in English. How do you say lest? Otherwise, because and not in case, because because that's an if Lest is in case, not like to make it that it's not (laughs) whatever that is. So so otherwise, otherwise, what? We will be scattered all over the face of the earth. So the desire is, the only desire we know here is making a name for ourselves and not being scattered. Those are the two things we know they are desirous of in the story. On the face of it, what's wrong with that? Okay, so the one thing we know from... sheet is they can want this all they want. There's nothing wrong with this. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be together. There's nothing wrong with wanting to stay together as long as it's economically possible and feasible and doable. There's nothing wrong with this, except we read Genesis, whatever that was, (laughs) Genesis one. Or two, I forget which one it comes from, right? So we read that, and Christians, they can just, boy, quote <laughs> chapter and verse. I'm like, I don't know, it's somewhere in that first part of the story. Alright, so, so we know from, from God, that's not okay. They are all, they are desirous of something that is, seems, on the surface of it, just fine. Except we know that that is not what God has told humanity they are supposed to do. They are supposed to fill the earth.
2: Is there a reason you used a lowercase
1: g? No. Okay. Um. All right. Let's see. So, then what happens? Uh-oh. red yud Hey vav Hey. This is... Generally not good. Va yud red yudhe vavhe. And yudhe vavhe comes down. Lir et ha'ir. To see the city. All right. So why? Why does God have to cut? What? God has to come down to see the city? Because God needs progressive lenses. What? Right, I don't need to know exactly what's happened downstairs. But if I say, don't make me come down there, <laughs> what does that mean? Right? It's like, like, yes, I know something's happened, right? I heard the crash, right? Don't make me come down there. Coming down there implies not just that I know about it, but what? I'm going to do something about it. Right. So and God came down, has even in Hebrew, that sense of mama's coming down, oh not just. Oh, boy, Reuben says not right. Not because God didn't know before, but because now it's time to act one possibility. The other possibility, literally, what have they done? They have built a tower with its head in the heavens presumably why what are they trying to do presumably get closer to god and so god in some way here makes them fools because god comes down it's like what (laughs) really y'all think that's how really watch this right and comes down. like you could have stayed flat and i'm still here right like all right, so God comes down to see the city of Etamigdal and the tower Asher Banu Bnei Adam that the descendants of Adam have built. But it's also just the, the word Bnei Adam is also the um, language for human, humans, but it says Bnei Ha'adam, the descendants of the earthling, what they've done, what they've built. Vayomer Adonai. And God says, Hain, Am Echad. Right? So, so God says, If, as one people, and one language there is for Lekulam, for everybody, Vizaha Chilam La Right? If this is how they have begun la'asot to do, to make, to behave, the ata, then now, ata with an ayin, ata, now, lo ser mehem kol asher yazmul asot. An excellent translation, I believe, by Ruben, then there's no telling what they will do, mm-hmm. which is a more accurate for me understanding of the text than nothing. I mean, and it's literally then nothing that they want to do is going to be impossible for them to do is really what's here. Okay. Before I start explicating, let's just finish the story. Um, blah, 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 blah. Hava. Yo. We're gonna go, I'm gonna go, let's go. It's let's go, right? Let's go down. And what is it? What's the next word? Vinavla. Uh. Confuse them. Confound them. I just love all these translations. What's the first word we had? Neil Bana. Let us build. And what are we getting here? Navla <laughs> Unbuild, right? So you can use whatever word you want, confound, which is not wrong. Um, but really, the text is saying, they want to build? Well, guess what? I'm going to unbuild. So this, this sense of whatever it is they're trying to do by building Trump Tower, I, I'm going to, we, in this text, are going to do the opposite. Whatever they're trying to do by doing that, it's not exactly unbuild, right? It's not, because it's not... About building, but whatever they are about while they're doing this building, I'm, we're going to undo. Who's the we? Ah, who is the we? Yes. Hmm? Near death, Let us go down and confound them. Right? So... Um, and then it, it is specifically about Safa about language. Vaneiv lasham. We get sham again. Sfatam, which is what is that literally? Good. So that well, it's yeah. So Safa um, language. Let us confound their tongues in the sense of languages. Which is an, uh, this text understands it as an undoing of this whole project to confound, right, and, and make their speech a share lo yishma'u yish svatra'ehu. That each one will not, very interesting that it's translated as understand. Cause what's the Hebrew? Hear. That they will not hear the speech of the other. So very interesting, um, because that could be a very different outcome, understand versus hear, couldn't it? What's the difference? I don't understand your language. What's the difference between that and I don't hear you? I don't hear your language. Presumably they're not deaf if they're hearing, hearing each other's speech. You don't get it. You don't get it. You're too far away, Sarah says. Maybe I can't hear you because I live in Texas. So maybe it has something to do with they don't hear one another anymore because they're going to be scattered, but they haven't been scattered yet. This seems to be a precondition of, you know confounding their speech so that they don't, for me, there's a difference between I don't understand Swahili and I don't hear Swahili, right? There's a, there's an active resistance to understanding when I say I don't hear that language or that culture, right? I mean, mean, I'm not willing to attend, right? I'm not willing to hear, I'm not willing to understand, right, so let's go on and then we'll come back to what does it all mean? Because Paula really wants to get there. (laughs) Now we're getting y'all didn't do it voluntarily like I asked you to? No problem. (laughs) Right? I will and so God scatters them Adonai Scatters them, Misham, from there, again with Sham, right? Location, 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 right? From there. Alpene Koha Arets. What was their whole thing? They did, what was their whole thing? Lest we be scattered over all the Arets. Well, guess what? Now you're scattered over all the Arets. Vayach de Leave note. Ha'ir. And obviously, if that's gonna happen, what was one of the results of that? And they quit building the city. Alcain. And so, Karashma. Its name was called Bavel. What's called Bavel? Sham. (laughs) Sham is called Bavel. Sham. There. Where they wanted to make a what? A shame. A sh- sham. They were all about wanting shame. And so, um, the result becomes that it is not sham and it is not shame. It is the opposite. It is babel. And that, oh, wait, I wrote in cursive, sorry. From the word, Libalbel,
0: uh,
1: libalbel, um, yes, to to mix stuff up, libalbel, and we know it as babbling. What happens when you babble? Nonsense, chaos of meaning, because there is no meaning. That is what the place gets named. Y'all wanted a shame. Y'all wanted Safa'achat, a language that's unified and singular and it's all the same. That's what you were doing there. And now you all language understanding people. Now what you get instead is Babel. Literally. Babel. All right. So Babel. Is actually the name of a place. What's it the name of a place of in reality? Babylonia. Babel. Babel. We cannot separate that from the story. I don't think. Right? We can't, we can't separate the right, the authors from the time in which they lived. Did ancient Israel have ziggurats? Ancient Israelites, did they have ziggurats? No, they did not. It is one of the defining aspects of early Israelite culture. They did not have that, but the neighbors did, right? And they are all converted pagans. So if you want to be sure your people know that they are somehow superior, then a good way to do that is to make a story that's not exactly flattering of the folks who build the ziggurats. Right? Who still have the ziggurats, by the way. Because you ancient Israelites, you Israelites aren't going to get that. Right. Yes, Richard, you've been dying to ask something for a while. Yes.
3: Um, it's, okay, so uh, there's the problem with defining. <coughs> Directed to populate the entire period. Right. But the, so the, the desire for a common language, that in and of itself is not a problem because if they've gone off in their own directions, presumably they won't be talking the same language in, you know, like in modern settings. Okay, you understand how the languages could drift apart, but in theory they would obviously be speaking in the same language. So that's, that wasn't the problem. So as you sort of go down the list of the different things that they wanted to do, you have to speculate, well, why did God have to finally come down? And I think the case could be made for this whole thing of making a name for ourselves. In other words, the Genesis seems to be very specific about who can name things and what can they name. name. God names Adam. Right. God essentially names creation. And then he he gives to Adam the right to name everything in the world, but presumably that means everything that's sort of in the natural world. So
1: well, the, for our, the rest of our story, people are going to name their children, they're going to name cities, they're going to name.
3: Well, they're going to name, they're, but they're but they're going to, but this is but this making a name for ourselves uh-huh. kind of seems to be like a different order of naming.
1: So there's, we have to kind of figure out what are the problems, right? So what are the issues? Because we don't know other than they're defying scattering. So what, so now's where commentary comes in. Now's where, I think you'll be very happy, Paula. Here's where all the commentary comes in, right? That what are the, we only know from the text what we're given as the situation, the commentaries come to discuss the consequences of that and explore those because they're not here. If God's coming down and taking care of business here, presumably something's wrong. We could just say, well, they were supposed to scatter. And so God takes care of that, but we're given some other information about making a name about now they're He's God's going to confound their language, right? There's, there's other stuff going on. So, one problem seems to be something about making a name. Vanity. So that's one place the commentaries go is vanity. If we're making a name for ourselves, what is the focus of name in Israelite tradition? It's family, the tribe. Family, the tribe. You know, each human being has a name, but in a, in a very large sense, it's the name of God. You will go where I cause my name to be. That's going to be the temple. You will go where I cause my name to dwell and you will know me by name. Naming is often about God. Shame HaMifurash, the unpronounceable name of God. Yes. that if all of the focus on is on making a name for us, they have forgotten the important name. Hubris. Which is beyond vanity, right? It's even worse. Hubris. And if we're focused on our name and not that name, then... The other danger, and and I, I think I'm pretty sold on arguments that want to conflate all of this together, part of what the cost of that unity is and focusing on our name and building our tower and yada yada, part of that is not any longer being in relationship to God because that's something bigger than you. And if the focus is us, we don't really want to focus so much anymore on what's larger, what's bigger. All right. One problem. What's another problem? Who Who knows what they can do in the future? God certainly seems to be very concerned about that what we can do if they can pull themselves together and develop technology to this extent with one innovation they can now live in the in the valley safely with no rock around if they can do that i knew this was a problem you can hear god saying i knew this was a problem I knew they needed to spread out. I knew they needed to divide. Because if they're all focused on one thing, then they're making stuff possible that's probably not a very good idea. Right now, it's a tower. Next millennium, it's going to be what? Nuclear weapons. weapons. (laughs) Exactly right. It's going to be nuclear weapons... And cloning, global warming.
2: But that's, hap- but, but that's happened despite the fact that <laughs> Despite, despite... Because we
1: didn't listen. We didn't get it. And we still repeat the same mistakes. And we still want... To focus on what we can do and not out there on the broader set of values, ethics, morals, teachings, history that tell us not a good idea. Just because we can, should we? And we have forgotten the should question. And so Torah often is not about, oh, so God fixed it. Especially in Brashit, what, God did something with a flood. How did that turn out? guess what? Human beings are the same, even after the flood, right? So Genesis, a lot seems to be about God fixing it and then realizing and learning, oh, right. I'm dealing with human beings because now they're in Atlanta doing the same thing or not. God forbid I should single out Atlanta is doing bad things. Oh, of course it starts with the tree of knowledge. Of course. Of course. Yes, absolutely.
2: And so Lynn. was the last time that God really interacted with humans was when he left us, and left Moses, and then we went into the land of Israel. So as, as I Wait thinking, wait
1: wait wait, what? Okay.
2: When when did we last hear from God to man? Was that with Moses? Prophets. Prophets.
1: So you what mean a that? direct theophany? It depends. Does you know the sun standing still count with Joshua?
0: means in our story so far. Well, but that's Exodus.
2: Right.
1: She's talking about Exodus. So our story so far, we're just in Genesis.
2: No, no, no. The the last time in our history that God really comes in and interacts because it makes me think that God creates man, man messes up, God comes in and cleans it up. Repeat, repeat, repeat. And then God finally says, I'm done here. I'm Going back where I came from, they can just handle it. And and so as we look at all the tragedies and say, where was God? So, so this time for me mm-hmm. says that God kept interacting and trying to fix things and then finally
1: said, I'm done. So you're right. That's ultimately the response of the tradition. It's not so linear. <laughs> It happens post-exile. That's when it happens. With the destruction of the second temple and the Babylonian exile, that is when God recedes to God's heaven. That is when the tragedies are such that people say, God must have retreated because we keep doing the same thing and God's fed up and retreated to God's heaven saying, y'all deal with it. Absolutely, that is the reaction of the literary culture and on some level of the theology of the Deuteronomist, right? Um, but in linear time, the prophets are still interacting with the divine. So the divine is still interfering. If you want to put that in air quotes, right? Interacting, interfering, trying to help, trying to fix, trying to, is that still happening further in our story than just entering the land of Israel? You're not wrong that the, the result of certain calamities has the theology shift to God being much more removed. Because remember, it's us-centered. What happens with God in these stories is us-centered. And it's when we feel abandoned, finally and completely, that God has been seen as retreating. Daniel? Uh-oh. <laughs> that what did, that it the so it's not separate in that human beings are displaying certain things for the first time. That's true. Like that's the first time that there's murder. Um, I don't know that God is surprised. I don't know. That it, nowhere are we told that God's surprised. God's God's going to confront Cain about it. Where's your brother? Right, so what have you done? Same with when they eat from the tree. What have you done? So the. Why, why God well, so that's that's a very long rabbinic conversation, which you and I can hang out over lunch sometime and discuss. There's lots of rabbinic writing about and commentary about what's what's up with God there, because didn't God cause it then? I mean, that's the disturbing part. Why does God favor one and not the other? There's lots of justification for God, of course. Right, the rabbis have to defend God, so there's lots justifying God, and a lot of people just go because that's how it is. So then you have different authors of different texts. Is it really a text written to put down, you know, the semi nomadic pastoralist written by the agrarian culture? So there's there's lots of levels. Um, yes, David. Yeah, but is 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 this the setup? Yeah,
3: And this starts here, and then goes all the way through, and yet at the same time, to get to make this logical, to make it this coherent, you have to have a consequence for behaving in the way that God doesn't want, and that's what we see all the way through this, is that what's, what's going on here? Because the you know, logic of, of building a city, okay, <laughs> a community, of getting together makes a lot of sense. Unless there's a reason
1: you shouldn't do it. Right. And so this story doesn't seem to suggest there's anything wrong with living in a city necessarily. Right. What's wrong is... You're not listening to me. Right. Now you've built a city that's devouring... You know I mean, and I, and when I go to our case and I, I will go back to Atlanta, actually, where I come from, right it's now a monster city. It has devoured every small town around it It's now a monster city, right when you start talking about that kind of traffic and that kind of building and that kind of, so, so it's not that cities are bad, but if you're not listening to me and saying, okay, how do we build a city in which everyone has housing, everyone has food we're not gonna Devour the planet and its natural resources to a place where we're now killing the planet, right? Forget what it's done to the ecology of the place, right? That the, the native birds and whatever who can't live there anymore, right? So it's not necessarily bad that you live together, but it needs to be in line with the values that you understand to be about me God, right? Godliness. But God
3: doesn't
1: Right, so all of this is pre-Torah. So in part, you start to understand how revelation is seen by our tradition as a loving thing. Because how can I keep just coming down and undoing what you do if I don't give you a set of understandings about what it means to live a life of godliness? Yes. Yes. Yep. And on some level, it's not just... Obviously, we have to step out of the literalness of the stories, but it's because that's the consequence. Not living in line with godliness and holiness has a price. It has a real consequence. It's called nuclear weapons. Okay, so now we've got nuclear waste. Did God kill us with that? No, that's the consequence of just because we can... Should we, should didn't weigh in heavily enough and isn't weighing in heavily enough. And so it continues to produce the same death, sickness, destruction over and over and over and we still don't get it. It's significant that it's Babylonia. It doesn't need to be Tigris Euphrates. No. No. It's Babylonia. It's a competing civilization. I saw a hand over here. Uh, I think,
2: if I could recall, that David said something about God will hurt us. And to me, it's that we are hurting.
1: So, ourselves. right. So, that's what I'm saying. We're making a shift from the literal language of Torah, which is, I will hurt you, to we are creating that now. Yeah? <clears> okay? <throat> I Having survived the flood,
0: survived the flood um, and so now they, they do have unity where they didn't before um, the flood, and um, and their their concern is with survival, and there there's not a, a quality of life or what the, is the content of our life. They're just trying. To survive, So they're building this tower, and in it is, it's not filled with righteousness and good deeds. It's just, it's a survival PTSD tower. And so I think we're that, you know, you can put this in our own lives. I mean, what are we building? What is the content of the tower? You know, is it a synagogue, or are we just building another tower of Babel?
1: <laughs> um, so for for ziggurats 100 percent. so i'll send around to you the images um there's lots of archaeology supporting um the building of ziggurats we still have the remains of several of them at least three very large ones but i want to close with um looking at Um, a commentary that I really liked. I'm going to give you um, Jonathan Sachs. But, Rob, Ezra Bick has a commentary that says he really believes that the challenge of being one and all being the same, having living together, all speaking the same language, and this incredible industrial advance, in order for everybody to be part of that unity, you need everybody to give up their individual control. And their own individual dreams and their own individual visions. And if you're going to ensure that you're all speaking the same language and that you're all about the same one project, you're going to need officers, right? You're, it's a totalitarian state. It's communism and the the Stalinist state is exactly what this is coming to critique. That the idea is not that you speak the same language. The idea is that you speak your language. And that if you're gonna stay where the language is imposed on you, and the, what you're about is imposed on you, and it's only that one thing that seems to be about making a name for ourselves and building this hugeness and whatever, if that's imposed, there's no room for the poet. There's no room for the dreamer. There's no room for rebellion. There's no room for new ideas. And that is the end of humanity, says our commentary. This is a commentary. This is a commentary on what should be. And it seems that difference is important to Torah. I love this story for that. Difference is critical To humanity becoming what it's meant to become. And all of this, as I said last week, is an introduction to what? This is all an introduction to what? This is the preliminary. Abraham. Lech Lecha. What is the premise of Lech Lecha? Leave your people. Go somewhere strange go forward, go where you're going to be a stranger, where you're not speaking the same language, where you do not share the vision, where you do not share the goals, where you do not share their history. And only that, Dafka. because that is what is going to result in the birth of the Jewish people who has always been different. Other. So if everybody's the way correct and that that is not the goal it has never been the divine purpose Even we say, or, i do y'all need to be different and unified in serving the one each in your own unique way But every, I believe this goes further. Every people should stand alone. Every people should be different. Every language should be different. Every way of looking at the divine is valuable and should be different. You need to shut up, all y'all, and stop with your crazy buildings and listen to what it means, Adonai Echad. We have the same God as the Muslims. We have the same God as the Native Americans. We call it different things, but we affirm as a people, Adonai Echad. We never say, but not that one. And not that, and not that, right? Don't worry about it, Israel. Because the other part of Shema is Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, our God, Echad. You don't need to worry about everybody else's. But really, Judaism affirms that there's only one. People call it by different stuff. Great. Great. They have different holidays for it. Great. We get crazy when we think we have the only way of understanding it, which I think is what this is saying. When you impose that on everybody, and everybody has to think the same way about it, there is a richness lost. And it is our divine imperative to find ourselves. Lech lecha. Leave what's familiar. And figure out something new and different that is still in line with what a new understanding of holiness is. We need scientists who understand stuff I don't understand about this nuclear business. We need that. It's not that we don't want technological advancement. But those scientists, I hope, are really deeply in touch with the should questions. Should we create this? Under what circumstances? Now, that should question for me is a religious question. They'll argue with me. That's fine. But that's a religious question. Should we? That's the realm of theology and poetry, right? That is not so clear. And we have to listen deeply for in these new times, in these new ways that we are, what it means to be holy. I don't know. Half the time, most of the time, But if we're focused on the tower and not on asking the question, what should we be using these bricks for? That's when we're in trouble, says this story. That's why this is a holy text for us. Because we have the bricks to house every child in this world. Is that how we use them? There's 40,000 foster children in L.A. who don't have homes. How many homeless do we have in California, in Southern California? People with no homes. We have the brick. We have the technology and we have the money. We just choose to spend it on way different kinds of towers, don't we? We want to build other stuff. So I'm going to close with Rabbi Jonathan Saxon, and give it to you to take home. Talking about diversity and finding our own way. He says, only when God is God can man be man. That means keeping, in heaven, keeping heaven and earth distinct, going to this place of building the tower that has its head in the heavens. He says, we need to keep heaven and earth distinct, organizing the latter only under the conscious sovereignty of the former. Without this, there is little to prevent human beings from sacrificing the many for the sake of the few, or the few for the sake of the many. Only a respect for the integrity of creation stops human beings from destroying themselves. Humility in the presence of divine order is our last best safeguard against mankind arrogating to itself power without restraint, might without right. Babel was the first civilization, but sadly not the last, to begin with a dream of utopia and end in a nightmare of hell. A world of tove, of good, of good, is a world of Havdalah, boundaries and limits. He's talking about the fact that creation is about separating, differentiating, right? Dark from light. Um, that it's about differentiation, that that's a good thing. That's Tov, that's good, that's what creation is. Those who cross those boundaries and transgress these limits make a name for themselves, but the name they make is Babel, meaning chaos, confusion and the loss of that order, which is a precondition of both nature, the world God creates, and culture, the world that we create. May we strengthen our ability to discern where the boundaries are, keeping heaven and earth separate. May we live into our distinctions in ways that are expressive of holiness, that we might make a world in which every single child born into it is given the resources and the encouragement to reach their own full potential. Amen. Shabbat shalom.
0: You've been listening to Rabbi Amy Bernstein's Friday morning Torah study from Kahil at Israel in Pacific Palisades, California. For more information, go to our website, www.ourki.org.